Back at the start of 2022, we did something quite different with how we ideate and innovate. We, we launched a collaboration innovation platform called AdLabs. What, what we've done with AdLabs is entirely overhaul our approach to ad innovation across all aspects of how we bring new addressable um, products and solutions to market and how we enable measurement. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Identity Architects, the InfoSum podcast that spotlights the incredible leaders in the media industry shaping the future of data-driven advertising. I'm your host, Ben Chiketti, and this week I had the opportunity to sit down with J.S. Rajdev, controller of advanced advertising at ITV. Together, Jay and I dive into the world of TV advertising, including how that landscape is changing, its convergence with retail media, and the ever-hot topic of measurement. Before we jump into that conversation, this is your reminder to hit that subscribe button so you'll always be the first to know when the latest episodes of Identity Architects drop. But without any further delay, here's my conversation with Jay. So one of the best parts of my job is I get to speak to incredible and inspiring people on a regular basis thanks to this podcast. And today is one of those days I'm thrilled to be joined by Jayesh Rajdev from ITV. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Delighted to be here. So for anyone who doesn't know you, can you give us a quick introduction to yourself and maybe for some of our international listeners also to ITV? Yeah, so um, I run advanced advertising day to day at ITV within the commercial team. So commercial team responsible for all aspects of driving um, revenue from advertisers and, and media agency customers. Uh, my team look after all aspects of our addressable advertising product. Um, basically all the ads that you see on ITVX driven by data, uh, ITVX is our year old streaming service. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but, but critically what, 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 what my team are looking at are where we can take our advertising product, advanced advertising product set next. How do we evolve, grow, improve what we have? Um, and my, my background probably quite uniquely for, you know, I've, I've look, had a quick look at some of your previous guests. I started very much as a generalist. Um, I was at Mediacom for, for many, many years. I actually started at Mediacom uh, back in the late 90s as a graduate media planner. Um, and um, as an account lead, I've, I've, I've got perspective across all media, left um Left Mediacom in 2016 and joined Videology, its fast-growing video ad tech business, um, and through there into ITV, into my current role. Awesome. Yeah, we've got heaps to cover off. Uh, ITVX will definitely come back up, I'm sure. Uh, but we're going to start the way we always do, which is getting to know you, Jay, a little bit better. Um, so firstly, obviously, we've all landed in the advertising industry, but what is your earliest memory of advertising? So I'm, I'm going to be one of those nerds that says ads did always fascinate me as a kid. I was a, I was a big TV obsessive. Um, and ads on the telly really did fascinate me. Um, so it was TV ads. We had four channels. Um, if you, I mean, if you think back to the shows that, 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 that got huge audiences back in those days, the ads were genuinely, certainly for kids, more fun than the shows. Um, and more interesting than the shows, um, so that that, the, that those really old TV ads that, that that you'll still see just sort of dreaded that dredged out, 
at, uh, at conferences. Do you remember like how they used to generate audiences of 25 million? Yeah, th those ads are, uh, remain very, very fond to my heart, sort of rational product benefit ads, along with, with a lot of really fun ads like Smash, for example. Mm. Um, the, the other side, the other side to, 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 to ads was sort of growing up, um, my parents ran sweet shops. Um, and as a consequence of that, I ended up being the slave labor, um, reading and delivering newspapers. So, so it's a lot and press advertising, very easy for us to forget here we are here, here in 2024, press advertising back in the day was enormous. Yeah. Um, so, so all of those ads in, in newspapers were, were, were a big part of my sort of consumptive advertising diet. Yeah, it's amazing how often those kind of, uh, especially that TV advertising seems to be the most consistent um, example that comes up, which obviously plays yeah. very well into ITV. You know, it's those memories that we all have from being children and observing ads, as you, as, as you mentioned. Absolutely. So before you became, you know, one of the leading voices in TV advertising as you are today, what did you want to be when you were growing up? What did you want to be when you were younger? So, so you know, once I'd grown out of wanting to be a spaceman or a fireman, um, I actually really, really enjoyed the idea of actually thinking I could make those ads. I mm. Actually, um, from, from my early teens, I thought, I'd love to be in the teams, one of one of the people ideating these ads, um, and think about where they came from and, and those mad ideas, um, and 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 that and that and that I, I was pretty focused on that from a very very early stage, um, and right through uni, I did a sort of business management degree at uni, uh, marketing, and particularly. The, the, the P focused on promotional, your, your promotional plan of the four P's um, was, was a particular area of fascination for me. Interesting. And then to so your first job out of uni or your first job in marketing advertising? At Mediacom. Mediacom. Um, I, um, I, I sought some really sound advice from NABS, National Advertising Benevolent Society. They're a charity in the UK dedicated to welfare of... Um, folk in our industry um wonderful charity um but back in the day they had a really good graduate um recruitment advisory team um so if you're looking to get into advertising it was a very easy place to go back in the day um i, I tried a couple of placements at, at ad agencies and um didn't go anywhere um and a lovely lady at, at nab said have you ever thought about media i went what's that um as most people do that aren't in the industry um and five minutes later i've sold uh, a week not even a week later she she put me into an interview at mediacom and i pretty much got my first job in media that, that i interviewed for um and I, and I was there 19 years and what do you think it was that was it the creative side of things then and the storytelling that drew you to the media advertising industry you know what at the time um it was it was the notion of being 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 involved in the advertising process um the insight the understanding required to understand an audience the utilization of a number of different sources of data um to to make informed recommendations to clients i i found that whole process really interesting um it was also pretty wild back in the day as well it was 
some fan- fabulous, fabulous characters that you got to know really, really well, both colleagues, um, but also um, partners that you would be working with um, at, at, at an array of different media owners, radio industry, the press industry, uh, the out of home industry, TV industry, full of huge, huge characters that you yeah. got to know really, really well. You got to, to socialise with them a lot as well. Um, and that part of the industry was and, and remains really fun. Um, but but really, I, th- I think the most interesting part was working with clients across a range of different disciplines. Um, I started working out ma- on mass confectionery. That was that was huge amounts of fun. Uh, quickly went into the ENTS team at Mediacom, where 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 I was quickly working with the likes of Universal Music, Universal Pictures. Went on to run Universal Pictures uh, for, for for a good few years as well. Working with work, working on campaigns for some of the biggest recording artists biggest movies back in the day it was, it was a huge amount of fun very very interesting uh, and very role um and 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 more recently i, I moved into the retail team ran, ran, a, ran a bunch of clients over there but it was it, it was hard work but lots and lots of fun yeah so what advice then would you give to someone who's maybe just starting out in their career in media in advertising um, in our industry, I think the, first, the, the 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 thing I say to m- most people starting out is to read incessantly. I mean, that's that's one thing I've done from the very outset. Um, be really interested in what's going on in the industry, what's going on in every agency, what different advertising, different categories are doing, um, uh, and and that curiosity feeds ultimately that. That, that change in the industry that keeps keeps going on feeds my curiosity um, and, and and what I try and do with we've we just re- recruited a bunch of bunch of new folk into the in, in, into ITV um, and I, I get asked this a lot and and I think I think it's it's that restlessness and curiosity to learn about the new and the different is the most important thing um, the other thing that I think is really important for people getting into the industry is to just get the shit done that you've been asked to do. And then beyond that, um, volunteer for stuff. You know, mm-hmm. let me pick that up. I can do that. Yeah. You know, I think that that that's that's not a skill, that's a trait, really. Uh, that desire to take um and and develop responsibility very, very quickly um, and hold yourself to account. I think that's really, really important. Yeah, hundred percent completely agree. I mean, so we we exist in quite a complex industry. There's a lot going on. As you mentioned, there's constant change. So how would you describe what you do within the media and advertising industry to a 10-year-old? So I have a nine-year-old who's inherited, uh, certainly my curiosity, she asks lots of questions, particularly about what we do. uh, Because like most nine-year-olds, she's watching most of her content on demand. Mostly on the iCloud. She's obsessed with Mallory Towers right now. Okay. Um, which is which is wonderful. We watch it every evening. I feel like I'm watching the same episode every evening. <laughs> um and and she she has asked me, she, has, she actually asked me quite recently. Um and in, in the simplest possible terms, I, I I said something along the lines of I make all those ads on ITVX happen so that I can afford to feed you and buy the stuff that you want. All those colouring pens that you want come from salary. What's that? It goes into all of that. But yeah, but, yeah. yeah it's the ads on ITVX. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, you talk a lot about kind of how you got into into this line of work um, and kind of what keeps you in this industry. But what inspires you and kind of keeps you motivated on a daily basis? The the people, the people at ITV are fantastic. They really are. Um, And a lot of work goes into build, maintaining, enhancing, developing, evolving the culture. Um, and And I've bought into that wholly. Um, but most importantly, I think it's the new and the different. Mm. That's why I enjoy the, the, my role so much. I'm, I'm constantly looking with my team at what else could we be doing? What else should we be doing? What's next uh, for, for our addressable advertising product? Um, that's hugely insp- inspiring for me. Um, and, that, and, and alongside that, look, it's, it's you know, having worked very, very closely with uh, the music and film industry. It's that evolution of pace and change in popular culture. So, yeah. so for, for a number of years, sat at the intersection of TV, film, music. Um, you know, that, and, that, and that hasn't gone away, you know. Um, it's, if, if anything, it's getting bigger. You know, if you look at Love Island started last night, and yeah. when this is going out, but it's Tuesday. Love Island started last night. Uh, the All Stars. I don't know if you watched it, um, but it was fantastic. And yeah. my oldest daughter missed it. That she got up this morning over breakfast. All she was talking about was last night's Love Island because that's all she was consuming on her socials. Um, and of course, you know who could have escaped Mr. Bates versus the Post Office? Yeah. Um, and the resounding change that that's created, and discourse that that's informed right across. Um, the country and, and 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 government, and I think being being part of that popular culture, being being very very closely involved in it, is really really inspiring. Yeah, I can only imagine. I think you know we talk about kind of the the power that media and the media industry has to influence public opinion, public perception, and the yeah. example of Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. You know, the impact that has had. Um, yeah is incredible and must have been an amazing kind of journey to be on internally at ITV as you saw that kind of unfold. Yeah, no, and we, and, and, we're, and, we're, and, we're, and we remain right in the midst of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, so, so representatives, so, so this is Tuesday, representatives from Fujitsu are in the dock today and, and it will be yet another popcorn moment that, that, that we, I'm, I'm very, very pleased that my employers played a hand in driving. Yeah, that's amazing. And obviously you mentioned the music industry a little bit earlier on. And one of my favorite questions on this podcast uh, is this, which is if there was a song that was a soundtrack to your life, what would it be? It's not a song. It can't be one song. It's, it's never going to be one song with me. Um, I mean, I, 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 I've been going to Glastonbury for the last 24, three, four years. I have a Glastonbury playlist. That is the soundtrack to my life. And yeah. it's got a bunch of my favourites through the years. Rolling Stones, Queens of the Stone Age. Queens of the Stone Age were my highlight last year at Glastonbury. Phoenix, John Grant, real highlight from a few years back. Bands like that. LCD Sound System. It's nice. It's all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, Glastonbury faves. 
There you go. That's awesome. That's very cool. Well, on that note, we'll move on to kind of some of the more meaty topics and industry topics. And back in 2022, when we were first launching Identity Architects, we had your colleague, the incredible Lara Islan, on the podcast. So if someone listened to that episode back in 2022, and now they fast forward two years to this episode, what should they know about how ITV and the TV landscape in general in the UK has evolved over the last two years? Um, so, look, the last couple of years have been a whirlwind, really. Um, um, a couple of years ago, we were just rolling it. We're still in the process of rolling out um, Planet V, our self-service buying platform. Um, and, and that's gone from strength to strength. Um, I think it's fair to say, look, it's been challenging economically. Um, and that's affected all of us. Um, but that, from an ITV perspective, has really not slowed down our agenda around transformation. Um, ITVX, obviously uh, the streaming service I talked about is now a year old. Um, That's been huge for the business. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, But back at the start of 2022, we did something quite different with how we ideate and innovate. We we launched a a collaboration innovation platform called AdLabs. Um, And what, what we've done with AdLabs is entirely overhaul our approach to add innovation um, across all aspects of how we, um, how, we, how we bring new addressable um, products and solutions to market um, and how we enable measurement and, and how we help clients understand the outcomes we're driving uh, or they can drive for, for, from TV advertising. We've overall the way in which we bring these new initiatives to market. We have quite, quite a codified approach to how we engage with, with with new partners, what 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 we do with those what we do with those those new partners, those suppliers, how we and how we work with advertiser customers and, and agencies. So so we bring them much closer um, to our pipeline. We invite feedback. We invite co collaboration. Um, and look, I think we we we've seen huge and game changing advancements with a bunch of our key partners here. Now, not least yourselves. Um, uh, alongside a bunch of retailers, we built some really interesting solutions with with with, with, with Tesco. Um, but most importantly, our customers, we built some really really interesting innovation JBPs, um, who sort of share our philosophy around test and learn. Mm-hmm. Who are willing willing to look at what they do currently in TV and 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 really lean into evolving it. And 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 I think. Um, we've seen some really, really smart work as a consequence of that over the last couple of years with a with, with, with a bunch of very, very big key partners. Yeah, it's that relentless uh, innovation and questioning of the yeah. status quo that uh, drives that industry forward. And you obviously mentioned uh, one of the biggest moments for ITV over the last uh, couple of years was the launch of ITVX. How has that rollout gone? I guess from two perspectives. One from, you know, we're all consumers, so from a mm-hmm. consumer angle, viewing figures, content library, so on and so forth. But for the audience of this podcast, how has ITVX been received by the advertising community? So, um, look, I think it's been received incredibly well by advertisers. um, But most importantly, it's been received incredibly well by audiences. Um, And that's what advertisers really wanted to see more than anything. and the ambition for ITVX at launch went way beyond just a mere upgrade to, to ITV Hub. ITV Hub was ostensibly just 
a catch-up VVOD service. Um, the ambition for ITVX went way beyond that, you know, um, hosting thousands of hours of dedicated content in, in addition to, 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 to offering the opportunity to catch up on, on what, what, what viewers might have missed in linear. Um, what, it, what it gave us above me on anything else was the ability to host way more content than, 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 we, than we did. Um, so we quickly got up to plus 20,000 hours of content from four and a half, um, which of course backed with the marketing um, and really, really smart commissioning um, is, 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 is naturally going to drive streaming audience. Um, beyond that, 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 that entirely new interface, that aiding of discoverability, um, major, major step change in the way in which we're scheduling content versus linear. So um, major drops of drama. Uh, we drop an entire box set um, on ICVX, schedule linear, either in yeah. tandem or, or subsequent. Um, and it surpassed all expectations. You know, we, we, we are, we, 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 we are enabling drama viewers, for example, to watch drama, how they want to watch drama and how they've been conditioned to be able to, to, to access drama from, from, from major other SVOD players. Um, and that's a major step. Yeah, and as you say, the content um, is such an important driver, right? You know, none of these streaming services can exist without the content that's there. And the content library on ITBX, I have to say, has kind of become so incredibly impressive. And it's become one of those go-to apps when you're not sure what to watch and you're just looking for something new to watch. It's become yeah. a part of that equation of let's see what's new on ITVX. Let's see what they've added to ITVX. So it's super impressive. Um, and the content is incredible on that. 100%. No, no, we're, we're thrilled. Um, and, and, and the viewing numbers um, and audience numbers are incredible. We're up to 40 million um, registered uh, viewers on the platform. Um, we, we have up to 20 million active in any one month. Um, consumption hours are off the scale. Um, I mean, I could, I could, I've got number wang. I, I could, I, I, I could throw in here, but, but, but we, we, we're thrilled with the numbers. And importantly for, for ITV, you know what, what what we're not seeing is that is, is is that increase in streaming audience come at a significant impact to our linear numbers. So what what we what we've shown what we are what we are seeing is is, is viewers will still tune in in their numbers um, to live linear um, and, and linear program programming, um, whether whether it be in the moment live. Or or, record, or PVR recorded that that that, that behaviour is still significant for ITV. Yeah, for sure. And I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier on, but you know, beyond ITVX, um, as an observer, kind of looking at ITV, it seemed like it was a twenty twenty three was just a fantastic year for the organisation. Multiple new partnerships, um, mm -hmm. and of course, the announcement of the launch of Ad Labs. But for you, when you look at twenty twenty three, what was your highlight? And then you know, we're right at the start of twenty twenty four. What are you most looking forward to, kind of to for the year ahead? Yeah, um, I think um, I think the most recent um, announcement that we made out of Ad Labs, probably something I'm particularly proud of, is the work that we've done um, in contextual targeting. Um, I'd say one of the early pilots that we launched at the back end of 2022 was a solution called ACT. So utilizing technology um, to scan 
scenes of our shows um, to, to to identify specific moods, moments, or objects that might be interesting for advertisers to appear adjacent to. And and it was a tough process back in the day because contextual tech was evolving. But what what we knew is by by, by launching it by launching an early beta, it yeah. gave us it gave us that opportunity to talk to customers about it, understand how it's working, see it see it work in real life. Um, it, it was it was a scrappy beta, but it but it did work, um, and there was interest in it. So that that gave us the confidence to really think about how we scale it up, how we automate it better. Um, aspects of how how we took that to market were relatively manual, and we and we had some very very early conversations with Captify. We have some a range of different tech, but 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 their but their natural language processing technology and 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 contextual segmentation tech was really smart. Uh, they're great people as well. So, so we launched an alliance with those guys utilizing their technology. Um, and most of this year, they've been scanning our shows, categorizing all, every single one of our shows. So they, they, they've, they've categorized over 100,000 episodes that have appeared on ITVX throughout the year. Wow. There's 120 hours a week of new content going on to ITVX. Um, and what they're doing with our new ACT solution is they're, they're, they're scanning that pretty much in real time, sending it back categorized. Uh, we've got a dozen, dozen or so segments available, very easy to buy on Planet V, and it's driving huge traction. Last count, we, we're, we're sort of nudging 40 campaigns already that have been booked since November, since we launched. Um, so there's definitely an appetite for it, and, and we're already looking at how we evolve our partnership with those guys and 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 what other technologies are that there are out there? Um, look, what I'm as relates to what I'm looking forward to in 2024. I think, you know, we, we've launched a bunch of different retail media solutions. Um, what it shows is the appetite for, and and those are going great guns. But what 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 we what we're really starting to see an appetite for is how we make and bring shoppable experiences to the big screen, make it easy for people who are watching ITVX, perhaps not have to basket, um, to convey interest in an ad, um, hugely, hugely challenging, hugely problematic. Um, but I like those challenges and that, that's a big area of exp exploration for us. Um, and we are, we're also looking at um, a number of other data alliances um, spanning a number of other categories outside of grocery. Yeah, I think obviously you touched on that kind of convergence of retail media and CTV and the power that that has. Um, a trend, obviously, ITV was at the forefront with with uh, you know partnerships with the likes of Tesco's and Boots. Yeah. Why is there such a strong synergy in your mind between retail media and TV? Look, I think um, so. We launched those partnerships. Um, I've lost track of time now. Start of 2022. No, start of 2023. Wow, wow, time goes fast. <laughs> I'm getting old. Start of 2023, and actually, um, at the time, look, look, it was it was a it, it was a relatively straightforward to sell. So look, we're, we're bringing the precision accuracy of 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 retail loyalty card data to ITVX. Um, and look at our collective thinking. This is between us and, and our retail partners has evolved quite a lot because 
questions we have in 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 when we're thinking about these solutions is are we bringing more reach accuracy to tv or are we bringing greater quality to the programmatic environment and bringing tv into the programmatic and digital ecosystem mm. so is it is it is, is it a top down accuracy opportunity or is it is it a bottom up from digital um, opportunity to bring the accuracy of digital into tv uh, and adjacent to tv content um and the reality is it's a bit of both you know i think um brands um and a number of brands have, have, have lent in very very quickly um the mainstay of fmcg category brand growth penetration growth is tv advertising brands drive mass reach really efficiently using tv to reach broad audiences comprising a mix of people that buy the category people that don't buy the category but one day might buy the category to reaching the customers of today and tomorrow um what what we're offering here is the opportunity to buy um audiences who you know are in your category right now yeah known frozen food or ice cream shoppers you know known soft drink shoppers in tesco and those aisle shoppers are really, really important. That's that, and, and that ability to buy the reach of, of ITVX, but only amongst people that you know regularly buy in your category is really, really interesting. Um, and is is a significant step, but it's something that's entirely new, which creates yeah. challenges around um, where it sits, how it's measured. Um, but the great thing is, look, look, we're very, very open about this stuff. And we're very, very open about these questions. And, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that we've got some of the biggest, world's biggest FMCG businesses leaning into that challenge as well as to how to navigate that uh, with, 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 with brand teams within, their, within those major orgs. Yeah, so that solution, obviously, uh, Matchmaker, for anyone who's not uh, familiar with obviously, as you mentioned, announced at the glitzy ITV Palooza um, at the end of 2022, I believe. Uh, so you mentioned, obviously, the FMCG uh, clients that are using it or, or embracing it. How are they reacting to it? How are they reacting to the results of it? And what results can you share with us as far as what you've seen so far through Matchmaker? So, um, look, I think... Um... I feel like so we, we launched with, 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 with both Boots and Tesco concurrently. So what, what the, the, the ambition was to really set the agenda for how broadcasters and retailers work together. And, and I, I think we've done that. We've seen, we've seen a lot of evolution, I think, over the last year um, and a lot of activity in the industry over the last year, which I think is brilliant for all of us. Yeah. Um, um, we've also started seeing quite a lot of activity outside of the UK and, um, I've recently been fielding questions from broadcasters outside the UK on ITV's approach, particularly how we're shaping the solution, the operating, the commercial models behind it, um, data workflows, how we go to market, where to position it. As I said, is it is it t is it digital, albeit with with smarter content, or is it more accurate? TV. Yeah. Um, so look, it's it's been a resounding success and it's been received really well by advertisers. We've run 
something like 40 odd campaigns in this sort of nine to 10 months, it's been properly active across both Boots and Tesco. Um, and, we've, and we've seen some really solid conversion lift numbers. Um, what I think is really interesting is that we're seeing traction from a much wider variety of advertisers than we originally envisaged. So big, of course, the big FMCG businesses trialing the solution for their big brands. Big FMCG businesses trialing it for smaller brands in their portfolio that ordinarily they might have looked at and not considered TV affordable. What they now have with Matchmaker is that efficient and effective entry point to advertising um, on ITV through ITVX. What's really fascinating for us is also that smaller, fast growth FMCG. And we've seen a number of those currently investing most of their media investment outside of TV, mostly in digital. Again, they, they now have the benefits of, 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 of efficiency um, and, and, a lower barrier, and, and a lower barrier to entry to advertising on TV through, through Matchmaker. Um, all of which with the assurance that they're reaching a known active category shopper. I think um, from, a, from a results perspective, I think what we've seen is some really interesting learnings around, we, we see lower purchase, so it's a lower, so it's faster purchase frequency, higher purchase frequency categories tend to drive stronger uplifts. Uh, soft drinks, snacks, um, ice cream, uh, beers, wine, spirits, um, lower purchase frequency categories, particularly in healthcare, um, we we that they won't see a, they naturally won't see a shorter term uplift, um, but that then um, is is leading us to look at how we think about um, re re reinventing. I'll say it's quite a big big statement, but but we are we're very much um, prioritizing how we think about measuring. Um, the efficacy of TV and how we redefine that, particularly particularly for for longer longer purchase frequency categories um, within within their supplier sets, um, and and it's firmly in our roadmaps with both Boots and Tesco in 2024 to explore. Yeah, that sounds fascinating, and we're definitely going to um, come back to the topic of measurement because it's a it's a constant topic and an interesting topic. Um, but obviously, we've touched on there the kind of integration of retail media data into the ITV solution, this, that second party data opportunity. When you look beyond retail media, is there another vertical or sector that you feel could be that next second party data opportunity within the TV landscape? Look, I think, I think grocery and FMCG, we're working with the biggest grocer, one of the biggest high street retailers. They have really established um, infrastructures and businesses that, 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 that we're working with really, really effectively and scaling solutions really effectively. Um, that the next, the next priority with those guys is how we bring more automation to, to, to our solutions. And, and that, and that's a, a, another big focus for how we work together with those guys. Um, outside of FMCG, no categories off the table. And, we, and we've cast on our, our net relatively wide uh, from general merch, which I think is really interesting. Um, consumer electronics, travel, finance, autos. Um, we're exploring a range of options right now. 
That's all yeah. I'll say. No, that's fair enough. <laughs> it's a super fascinating space, and I'm just uh, yeah. incredibly excited to see what other industries bring their data to the table, right? So I'm a gamer, so I'm fascinated by the idea of how gaming data can be used, obviously for in-game advertising and so on and so forth. But when you take that gaming data and you make that second-party data, the use cases in TV, the use cases in audio, the use cases on display and other places is just fascinating to me. I'm all ears, Ben. I'm, I'm yeah. looking for your ideas already. <laughs> take that offline. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, so we touched on measurement uh, a little bit yeah. earlier on, and measurement is just such a consistent topic on this podcast and throughout the in industry. How is ITV approaching measurement? And specifically, what we've obviously touched on throughout this podcast is this idea of TV buying becoming more of a digital advertising experience for advertisers, that data-driven platform for advertisers. But clearly the eyeballs, again, as we touched on for an ITV ad or a TV ad in general, come at a higher premium. So how do you balance that expect expectation of brands to measure TV the way they measure display? Yeah, that's a really good question, Ben. And I think in answering that, I think we have to, first of all, take a step back and appreciate how far we've come in the last few years. Um, and that's just not us at ITV. I think that's the industry as a whole. Um, the ability to accurately match, for example, a Tesco snack shopper um, who's seen an ad on ITVX back then to their subsequent in-store brand category shopping behaviours. That's a, that's a major step forward and, and culmination of the journey that we've been on with so many brands uh, where we collaborate on first-party data uh, utilising your platform. <laughs> Shout out to Infosum there. And I think it's it's also the combination of actually the, the work we've done with both Boots and Tesco utilising their own data um, for their own campaigns. So that, that's really where we've built proof of concepts with both of those. Um, and that accurate ability, that ability to accurately match um, a known ITV um, audience who's seen an ad to install behavior is really powerful. Um, and that and that we shouldn't, we, we, we take that for granted, but I think we, we, we need to call out that because uh, it's very quickly just become just the normal de facto approach to measuring uplift now and measurement. But in so doing, what we've done is we've created these additional questions as part of the evolution of that, of that, on are we are we facilitating the measurement of TV as a digital channel? And and the answer is unequivocally yes. Um, but we have to come back to that question of are we bringing smarter category shopper reach, so smarter upper funnel, because uh, that's predominantly where we've sat in in in. In, in customers' plans for years, or are we enabling more measurable performance, albeit in that highly um, engaged ad experience with the benefits of environment and signaling? And the brilliant thing here is it's both, I think. Uh, it's bringing the best of TV together with the best that digital has to offer in terms of that precise shopper targeting and scale and measurement. Um, but we do need to be careful that we don't um, go down the route of it's just expanding on short-term metrics that we currently provide. Um, there is a call for that, but but as I said, uh, we're very open about the fact that those reductive short-term metrics don't capture um, 
the quality and don't account for longer term outcomes that we know um, trust and attention in TV bring. And we're, we're really transparent about this challenge. Um, and I'm grateful that we have two really progressive retail partners who are wholly on board with this challenge as well. Um, and we're looking for ways with both partners to capture that longer term effect and find a way of bringing that uh, and normalizing that in the way that we measure um, CPG advertising, uh, utilizing these solutions. Um, and I'm really, really grateful as well to the progressive advertiser partners that, that have been quick to jump in, quick to test and learn. Um, advertisers like Heineken, like Unilever, that really share our beta mindset, willingness to test and learn. Um, and that, in essence, is our, is our philosophy at AdLabs. Right, it goes back to that that we were talking about earlier, being always in beta. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Kind of again, relentlessly innovating and pushing, and questioning, kind of the status Absolutely. quo. Uh, you know, I could sit here and pick your brains on ITV and the TV landscape um, probably all day. But outside of ITV, you're also involved in an incredible organization that I've admired for for quite some time, Media for All. So, for anyone who might be unfamiliar, can you give us a quick overview of that organization? its goals yeah. and how it's tackling diversity uh, and inclusion within the media industry. So it, it, the organization was founded um, by um, um, absolute force of nature called Naren Patel, who for many years was um, the CEO of PrimeSight, um, digital out, an out of home business that, that a couple of years ago sold, sold to global. Um, and I think it was about 20, 18, 2017 time, sort of came to the realization that I think we all inherent, a bunch of us inherently felt that there were, you know, we're, sit, we're sitting in a lot of meetings, whether that be with clients, media partners within our own agencies, surrounded by people that don't look like us, you know, that, 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 don't, that don't have our background. And, and, and a media for all was really founded to fix that. Um, I joined in 2018. I was sort of 12, 13 member, something like that. Um, it's now an organisation of over a thousand professionals um, in the industry. Um, so you have to be in the industry. So either media, media, media agency, media owner, um, advertising, creative agency, um, variety of different other marketing services agencies, digital agencies, um, and and client side marketers. Um, uh, but and we're all black, Asian, minority, ethnic. Um, and look, I think what what we're what we're trying to fix is uh, we we talk about our mission as uh, as as recruit, retain, and rise. So encourage, find ways to encourage more uh, black, Asian, minority, ethnic talent into the industry. Um, be that partner. Um, and that safe space for those within the industry uh, with a view to to hoping that you'll stay in the industry for longer um, and finding ways to develop that talent within our industry. So there's many aspects to, to, to what the organisation does. Mentoring um, sits at the core, um, but beyond that, it's a really thriving community. First and foremost, it's 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 helping members connect with each other Feel like they belong in our industry. Uh, we often talk about it as being an ERG for the entire industry. 
Um, and it certainly is that we have a we have a bunch of thriving WhatsApp groups um, that are really active, um, connecting um, members from all walks of the industry. Um, people post job vacancies on there all the time, which is which is brilliant. A number of people that have found a role through the me for WhatsApp groups. Um, and alongside that, we're doing lots of research awards. We have um, um, a major program around allowing big orgs around the industry um, to, to, to become a sponsor partner of MIFA, and that comes with a lot of benefits. Um, and I've gained personally a lot from being part of it and helping it grow. I've met a lot of good friends. Um, and the social aspect of, of, of MIFA is really strong and really powerful. Um, and I thought yeah, there are some really incredible bonds around around the group. I love that. It's so important. Those groups are so important. You know, as a mem- as you know, as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, a yeah. phrase that I like to talk to people about a lot is "you can't be what you can't see." So no. that ability to spotlight the incredible, diverse voices within our industry is just so incredibly important. So it must be an amazing organization to be part of. It is, and I hope what we've done for the industry. Um, is 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 make it more appealing to those thinking about joining it. Um, it's certainly you know we we've played a part in in bringing diversity, equity, and inclusion to the to the to the absolute forefront in recruitment programs. Um, and we we've normalised I think mentoring in mm-hmm. for for a number of these orgs, uh, particularly of young uh, minority ethnic talent. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I see the career trajectories of, 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 of people I've known from even five or six years ago and the satisfaction people are deriving from, from, from being part of MIFA is, is incredibly gratifying to be a part of. Um, it's also you know, quite, quite, quite an important place where, you know, significant issues that emerge you know, in current affairs, you know, pe- people want to vent, people want to talk about this stuff. Um, you know, the, the, the me for WhatsApps and meetings and the coffee mornings are a safe space for, for, for members to talk about that. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, it is really pleasing that, 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 that the organisation's facilitating that stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I'd encourage all of our uh, kind of listeners to go and check it out, learn more um, and get involved um, in the organisation. Uh, is there anything we haven't touched on? Is there any topics you feel we should cover that we haven't already before we wrap things up? God, time's flown. I've just looked at my watch. Oh, blimey. Um, no, I think we've spoken enough. I think, um, I guess, look, you haven't asked me to say this, but I'm really pleased with that. With ITV's partnership with InfoSum, I think we've come, you asked me very early on, um, what's evolved since Lara's podcast back way back when in 2022? Um, I think I think our relationship and our collaboration has evolved considerably in that time. Um, I think our teams work really really well together, and I enjoy working with you all. Yeah, I mean it's been it's an incredible partnership. Um, and often when I'm asked, you know, what what does Infosum do? As a um, as an organisation, ITV is one of those companies I point to. Right when I point to the power of that kind of first party data matching um, and yeah. the ability to deliver more personalised experiences, so it's been just one of those incredible um, incredible partnerships. 
But obviously what this podcast is about is uh, spotlighting individuals such as yourself who are pioneering new ways to use data to deliver those rich customer experiences. So when you look to people you admire within, within the industry, who would you nominate for us to interview on an upcoming episode? Um, a, I feel there's a few ways you could go with this. I think I had a quick scan earlier of, 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 pre, of prior um, contributors and and you've got a you, it's, it's predominantly data architects isn't it it's 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 the architects of our of our industry which i think is brilliant um but i think um what's 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 of equal interest now 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 that what we are doing here and that and that notion of data collaboration is becoming increasingly normalized increasingly central part of advertiser media plans um, as the ability to apply that data becomes more pervasive across the media plan, I think you'd benefit from more generalists, you know, more 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 of the folk that are running agencies, um, running relationships with ma- major advertisers. Um, and I'm I'm lucky to have grown up in the industry with some really really smart people that that, that fit that bill. People like Rachel Peace. I'm going to call her out, nominate her. Uh, Rachel uh, runs Hearts and Science. Um, Rich Fryer, I think, is another really smart bod running Starcom. Um, James Parnham, he's, he runs planning at Mediacom, Essence Mediacom. Um, those, those are the sorts of generalists I'll go to when I'm looking for a point of view, mm-hmm. perspective on, on, on where thinking is right now. Um, they're also good mates. Um, and you won't be short of opinions if you talk to any of those guys. Um, on the other side, if you want just another smart data and digital architect, um, you, you should look no further than Andrew Spurrier Dawes, who's who's uh, been at, been at, been in various roles at WPP Group M for a number of years. I think he's now running uh, a smart new data solution called Resolve uh, that, that I think is is going to be big for Group M WPP clients in 2024. He's also a fellow Spurs podcaster. So he's very used to this stuff. Excellent. Um, and he's, always, he's another really good mate. Is that enough awesome. recommendations? Yeah, that's a great crew. That's a great that's crew. Yeah, 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 that'll yeah. set us up some really great guests uh, for the rest <laughs> of the year. So I appreciate that massively. Jay, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for bringing so much information, so much insight into the incredible world of TV advertising um, and just appreciate everything we're doing together. And I'm excited to see what more we achieve in 2024. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. Thanks again to Jay for joining us on Identity Architects. Jay is such an incredible leader and I'm just forever inspired by his mindset of constant innovation and the phrase, we're always in beta. All that leads me to do is to remind you to hit that subscribe button so you know where the next episode of Identity Architects lands. But until then, thanks for listening.